Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. What's up, gentlemen? I'm on the streets of New York City in the fall of 2018, and uh, by some amazing coincidence, two of my favorite perverts and friends, well, ex-pervert. <laughs> I retire, you know? Retire. He's seen it all. The ex, the artist formerly known as Slash Day Game and Keegan. We've been in this industry for over 10 years and uh, we were talking the other night about our origin stories and how we all met, which there's some funny anecdotes, and realized that at around the 2006, 7, 8-ish mark, all three of us were in different places in different in parts of the world, independently coming up with free electricity, I mean, Day Game in its kind of natural form, all independently, not being in contact with each other, not having any like real mentors or anything like that. And then went on these separate journeys, which eventually led us to combine our forces many years later. So before we get into that origin story, Sasha, what's been going on with you lately? Uh, well, lately uh, I've taken my evolution to the next level. And uh, I just realized that uh, happiness comes from being uh, complete in many areas. So health, wealth, relationships, finding your purpose in life, doing what you're here to do, doing what you came to the planet to do. So I've been working on uh, the Infinite Man Summit and working with men, just going a lot deeper, you know, because just getting it handled in relationships wasn't enough. I'm obsessive and I had to go all the way. So I've been working on that, working on my spiritual journey and uh, yeah, just uh, working on myself, to be honest. Which has been a, like a big 180 for you. Is 180 where you change directions? 180 is when you change directions. Sometimes like, you did a big 360 and like, so you didn't do anything? No, 180. When we first met you, you were literally, we couldn't have walked down this street and had a conversation. That's right, that's right. We would have talked to every pretty female. girl, I would have to talk to her. Yeah, hello. The first time you guys came and stayed at my house at the time, I had a girlfriend, you guys came and stayed with me. Yeah. And uh, she had never seen me uh, do anything like approach a girl. She, all yeah. she saw you do was make smoothies and be a nice guy. Yeah, and then she knew I coached. But then Sasha came and we walked out our door and literally in one block, he talked to 10 girls right in front of her. That's how <laughs> crazy like, he was what is about he, it. What is What's going on? Is this what my boyfriend does? Yeah. I was like, no, no, he doesn't do it. He taught me. No. I remember that first time, like that was down and out in New York Times back then because it was like, I think we were teaching on one of your workshops. Right. And I was like, Sasha, you organized some accommodation. You're like, yeah, yeah, of course. We're going to crash with my buddy John Keegan. I'm like, I know John Keegan. Okay, cool. And then crashing with you meant like you're on your bed and your girlfriend's <laughs> yeah. in your bed because that's where you live with your girlfriend yeah. usually. And, yeah. and you usually don't have all your friends in the same room. No. I mean, you know, <laughs> back in like the 1800s or something, maybe you did. But uh, no, but then you had me and Sasha sleeping like a small wall basically like like a transparent wall and then just another bed <laughs> shoved fun. in a tiny little room and you guys are right in there yeah. and then uh well oh. sasha pitched it as i'm just gonna be we're just gonna be there for a day or two there was yes, just, yeah. what were those sounds this girl crying every night i don't know what that was it's really weird sasha and i met in london in 2011 i saw some videos of him beforehand and he was the only guy on the internet at the time who was doing pickup and funny and nice lenses as well. at the same time. I remember like, whoa, it looks like a movie. And you're very amusing. So I thought if I ever get the chance, I'll talk to him. And then in 2011, I went to speak at the 21 convention in Langdang. I was in a very bad mood, very depressed. Business was bad. And I thought if I go to this convention, maybe it'll save my business. And it did, but not in the way I thought. Yeah. Um, and then you were there. That's right. Yeah, I saw, I didn't know too much about James. I'd actually seen him years before 
with another guy he was working with and I saw him do a talk and let's just say I wasn't too impressed at the time. But when I saw him in 2011 uh, in London, he did a really, really good talk and he, I could tell he really knew what he was talking about and I was like, oh, this guy's good. I could see how this guy would get chicks. So I'm gonna talk to him and I came up to him all excited like, ah, you love your tacos really good. Ah, and he just kind of looked at me like, eh, thanks. He was in a kind of like a pit, like a, he was, I think he was going through like a semi-depression slash, and he's normally stoic, so you add those together, he's like, eh. But, I was trying uh, to be friendly, but that was the best I could yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too good. But yeah, but then that, that's it. So we, we just uh, became friends then, and the rest is, uh, as you say, history. It's funny how we did even cross paths earlier, that you came to, when he was talking about uh, my original business partner and I pulled off some very dodgy uh, lair talk in London that he, my, my partner had organized, he's like, dude, we're gonna do two days of content. I'm like, we don't have two days of content. He's like, I, I remember him saying, we'll scrape the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I was like, right. We're doing a bit of the old scrapo, are we? <laughs> yeah, so that's right. You you just happened to cross paths like it's yeah, like, yeah. like the early bass player of. Like I came in. This was like 2000, oh, like, I don't know, 2008ish, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I came in and it was in uh, around near Leicester Square in the center of London. I just came in and I hung out a bit. and I was like, man, this isn't very good. I don't. These guys are. He was up there a while. I remember I was like, this is BS, and I just left. He was good at waffling and ranting. He was a waffler, yeah. yeah. So yeah, then I was staying with a fan somewhere out in the suburbs. And then I chatted with Sasha and he said, why don't you come and sleep on the couch? And I preferred that idea. So I went over and it was kind of like walking into this alternative reality because at the same time, I was living in a house with five dudes, Liam and a bunch of guys, and everyone always sat around in their underwear and every business meeting was like 80% jokes and then 20% business. And then I rocked up to your house and you had the exact same thing going on. A bunch of dudes in underpants kind of getting their shit together gradually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I felt quite a hope. So, yeah, it's beautiful. You got a tea? I got a tea. Okay, so this is the first of many of John Keegan's teas. Yes, beginning this is of how the you, day. This is the John Keegan system for exploring New York City. You have a tea every two miles. Yeah. And, uh, and then you just roll with it. What is day game? Day game, well, like what, many of these funny things in seduction, it's just putting a name on something that people who are social and know how to communicate, have done for eons. We didn't invent day game. The idea of a man looking at or speaking at a woman in the daytime is not our invention. But coming out of the, the early days of formalized seduction, which was the mystery method stuff and you know, hypnotizing girls into bed and lots of club stuff, doing funny tricks and trying to convince them that you- It was considered a revolution. <laughs> Just coming, no booze, no nothing. It was crazy, yeah, everyone said I was insane. I was like, no, you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to go anywhere, just go on the no, street. You, you, can't, you have to like convince them that you're like their friend and then make them feel weird and then drop their self-esteem. Yeah, it was, all, it was all this, it's all the systemized BS that you had to do in, in a specific order and you have to do it in a nightclub or a bar. It would never work in the daytime. So no. and I was like, yes, it will. Without all the shit, let's just go in the day and do it. So yeah, everyone thought it was crazy, and I always knew that it's gonna work. I still remember the first the first piece of content we ever filmed. That was the next morning after we we uh, you crashed after my our house. first night together. Yeah, that's right, and uh, and I had my uh, my big camera that I, I was excited about still, and I was like, let's let's do something from my YouTube channel. I just put it on your big snout, and you you look younger then, less and more and more. I saw the video the other day actually, and you looked so young, and just you wore all the all the travel and all the ejaculations for. Thousands of times, so you, it's like it's like it drains something out of you. You're like a boy, and uh, yeah, it was, and you were very much. Uh, it was just uh, very nice. It was really exciting. I just put the camera in your face. It was quite a good chat as well. I remember it was quite good. And then I filmed one, and I uploaded it. I think it's still up, and it's called Clip 001.mp3. Are you serious? <laughs> you never renamed it? I didn't know how at the time. I was just like. That, that clip of me and Sasha has always just been... <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. A lot of the early dating coaches, their origin story was kind of, I was a computer nerd guy, mm. 
and I was lonely and I got no chicks. And then one day I figured out the system by like sitting down and being scientific. And then I went out and applied this scientific system to get chicks. <laughs> Not necessarily with that same kind of emotion, but that's how I imagine it. None of us were like that. None of us were computer nerds. I think we all had like girls in our life on and off throughout our life. Like, I mean, we had girlfriends, they weren't that hot always or not a bit annoying sometimes, but we sort of had women in our lives. So when we went out and decided to go and get really good at meeting strangers, we did it, I guess, in a very different way than a lot of the others. So, John, what was your process of like going from single, normal kind of guy, yeah. trying to make it in New York City to being a ladies man? Yeah, well, it's interesting because for me, I was here in New York City. I did have a girlfriend and we had just broken up. She was cute. She had a violent temper and uh, it didn't match mine. You know, we were like, you know, it was just like. <laughs> you made it match yours yeah, a little yeah, too yeah, closely. Yeah, we had like, uh, we just were not uh, compatible, but I was desperately trying to hang on. She's a great person. I was desperately trying to hang on to her because she was so hot, you know, I was definitely, you know. And how I met her was, is in my one little way I could meet her was, is I was an actor at the time. And I met her in an, in an acting workshop. And, you know, she was the one hot girl in the acting workshop, which then ruined that because, you know, now, now I got my, the girl I'm dating in there, right? So, so then we broke up and right away she was hot. She already had, you know, 10 more guys lined up and I was just like, hey, some guy on the street and I'm living, who was sad and who was living in New York City. And I even had, I really had no excuse not to have new girls. I would walk by thousands, tens of thousands of beautiful women every day, all of whom I would date, have sex with, marry. They were like this hot, you know? Yet I would go home every night alone. And it was causing me so much frustration. And unlike a lot of guys, it wasn't even locked in an office all day. I had a sales job outside. I was walking by them. I had no excuse. Beyond all this apprehension and fear I have with all these women, with any woman, is, is the real me. And that this is blocking me from true abundance. And that's stuff I was really into, learning about abundance. I had already started learning about uh, eating healthy. I'd already lost a bunch of weight. I'd already gotten like in tune in a way. I didn't want to do nightclubs anymore. I wanted to meet. Really, you know, in New York, what's cool is, is there's really interesting people. Beautiful, not just hot chicks, but really educated, driven, interesting, fun, driven. Crazy, yeah, like the bet, like the cramp. And I wanted to meet them. I wanted to know them. I wanted to date them. So I set this kind of ego-driven goal, which was, is I will be known as one of the world's greatest ladies, man. And I wrote it down. And I wrote down all these other goals. I'm going to be a great writer. I'm going to be known as this. I'm going to be known as that. I didn't know how I was going to do any of them. The one I started on right away was this. I'm going to go out and I'm going to start talking to five women every day. I'm just gonna go up and I'm gonna say hi in some way and I'm gonna walk away. That's what I can do to break the ice within myself. So I'd walk up, I'd say, uh, I'd ask for directions and I'd just walk away. I'd walk up and I'd make some weird comment about her shoes and I'd walk away. And then I just kept doing that. And then I got to the point where I was like, okay, now I'm gonna try and transition into a conversation. But even there, I kept removing the pressure because I had no wingman, I had nobody. Anytime I tried to have a wingman, they fucked it up. I actually stopped hanging out with any friends that weren't into it. I never went to parties with people or in relationships or anything anymore. I became obsessed and I hit the streets day and night, like literally day and night. And then I even started going to bars all by myself, no drinking, nothing, just meeting people, getting past all these social phobias. Everything I think isn't true. Like, I don't know what's going on. And I found it out, like, oh, she's a bitch. I walk up, she's not. Oh, she wants me to leave. I ask her out, we end up on a date. Like, I had to find out by doing it over and over and over. And that's how I finally stepped in a super empowered state. Like, I, be I couldn't believe it, you know? And this went on for months. And then I remember very specifically, I 
was dating more women. I was having sexual encounters. And then I thought, but still, I'm not dating the, you know, the girls I thought I'd be dating. For like two, three weeks, I just, you know what? It came over me like, you know what? It's okay. You don't need to try so hard. I still, I'm still here. I like being me. Yeah, I'm not going to be a famous actor, apparently, and I'm not going to be uh, the world's greatest ladies' man, but here I am, and I still like me, even if all these people don't. And I just stopped. Stopped trying, stopped talking to girls. I went about starting trying to write a screenplay. And one day, like three, four weeks later, I was sitting in a cafe, and I was doing, you know, working on this screenplay. And I lean over to her, and uh, there's a girl there, and I just start talking to her, like, like I didn't even think about it. And then uh, we just started having a conversation. I wasn't leaning in. I wasn't trying to plow through anything. I wasn't trying to force something. I wasn't trying to make anything happen. I wasn't trying to get her approval. I wasn't trying to prove anything to her. I wasn't trying to prove I'm the greatest. Look, I can do this. I was just there being me. And I started, you know, it was like we're playing a soft game of ping pong. It was going back and forth. And that, I remember that so vividly because from that moment on, I had discovered something totally new in myself. And I had then taken on, then that just was a, the big change in my whole life. And it wasn't too long after I started coaching other people. And one of the things I found along the way of you know meeting all these random people all the time, when it comes down to the social stuff, it's about two things. It's about energy exchange. That's really what we're doing. It's not that you're meeting women. It's not like I'm going out to get laid today or I'm going out to find my girlfriend today. You can have that in your mind. But really what you're doing is you're going out and practicing being in the flow by meeting women. There's something so much bigger than getting any woman. Having a great experience with the most beautiful woman you've ever had, it comes and it goes, even if it goes into a relationship. And what you'll find is, is creating great friendships and relationships and connections with your friends is one of the most important things you'll have because these guys know me through it all. Sasha, on the streets talking to girls. Yeah. You guys think this is normal because you've seen videos of him, but he hasn't done that in ages. No, that's so much. Yeah, it's actually amazing, right? And uh, you're uh, as good as ever, better than ever, because I mean, what I'd witness, if I could say just your energetically, you were without uh, any agenda whatsoever. You really enjoy getting to know people. You yeah. really enjoy like being with people. You're curious about women. I really noticed that about you. You're really curious about people. You really want to share with them where you're at right now. And that's a huge, and that's why you make such deep connections now. I like people. Yeah, you like I like. I like getting to know people. I like helping people. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. You want to touch uh, one again or not? Nah, no, we'll see. Come on, let's, we'll see. let's see, if they, see if you want to touch one. I don't know about you guys, but the way that I got into coaching was to try and get a few bucks to party. <laughs> At the time, I was obsessed with pickup, doing it all the time, but my plan was to leave Australia after a year of like just burying myself in hedonism and pussy and madness and then go and become a monk in China. So, so I met this dude and he was like, well, why don't we you know, make a business, we can teach some dudes. And I'm like, we didn't know what we were doing. What does that mean exactly? It means go out at night and just bring the guy with us and then like see if we can get some money. So that was my initial motivation. It wasn't very like altruistic or I didn't feel like I was there to change the world. I was just like, well, I don't have a job. All I know how to do is play music. So maybe I can make some bucks out of this. So yeah, that's how it started. And the first couple of workshops were really, well, the first half dozen or whatever workshops were literally me, me and my partner just going and partying and picking up girls and then kind of dragging a dude along and throwing him in. We had no idea what we were doing coaching wise, but yeah, gradually picked it up trial and error. At the time I got 90% of my, well, 10% of my validation from having sex with women and 90% from writing about it on forums so that anonymous nerds could write, good job, you sure did pick her up good. Uh, so I had this 
very unhealthy thing where like a girl would be there, I'd have sex with her and the moment she'd leave, I'd run to my computer and write this field report about every single thing I said and did, posted it on the online forums and that was where I started getting my fan base in the sense it was a dozen dudes who thought I was cool because I got laid and they didn't. And yeah, that was where I sort of started to infiltrate into the seduction community and, and then I realised I was better than the people in there even though I was looking for mentors and there wasn't any. And then I thought, maybe I can make a few dollars out of this. What about you guys? So for me, uh, I'd been exposed years and years and years ago uh, through mystery. Sasha was mystery's original wing, just for a little bit of extra funny oh, history yeah, yeah. in there. Back in yeah, the back in the old days. Like, the late, they were talking in the late 90s. Before when mystery was just Eric. And that's, that's like if they were making a movie of this whole thing, they'd fake that bit. They'd be like, oh, let's say that Sasha and him met like in 1998. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll make the story more interesting. <laughs> so the one thing I got from him was that this concept that you can actually go and approach women, right? Everything else I didn't like, all that was doing magic and he was doing all this weird stuff. And, I, and I, I remember saying to him one day, we should just be able to talk to girls without the fake stories or the magic and, and hook up with them anyway. And he was like, no, that's never going to work. You got to use magic. He said that as a quote. That's never going to work. You have to use magic. Remember that, kids. But anyway, your so personality I, is not enough. That's not enough. So I, so I knew him back in the in the old days. I hadn't seen him for years. I read the game, and I was really angry when I read the game because I was so. So how many years later is the game? That's like so the game comes out. I think it's like two thousand and five or something no, like that. Earlier. I read it in two thousand six. So I think it came out I maybe. Think he's right. Two thousand five. I think it was two thousand five. Yeah. And uh, and I, I read this book and I, I still sucked with women and I was getting my validation by telling jokes. I was doing comedy, but I was so so bad with women. Just terrible. And I read this book and I was furious because I'm like, this guy is famous now and he's getting all these girls and he owes me money because I had lent him money back in the old yeah. days. And I'm like, he's got the money and pay me back now. He still owes you money. He right? still owes me the money. Well, mystery? Uh, come on. <laughs> How many? Come on. But now he doesn't have it. Anyway, and so what happened was I decided I need to, I need to fix this thing. This is, not, this is not acceptable. So I ran into mystery again. He didn't give me the money, but he said there's this forum, the London Seduction Society. You should go check it out and you can, in London and you can meet all these cool guys who are also into this stuff. So I, I joined the forum, not only because I wanted to, you know, I desperately wanted to get better with women, but I thought if I get famous enough as uh, in the niche, in the pickup niche, then I'll be able to say to mystery, hey, buddy, you better pay me my money, otherwise I'll tell everyone you're an asshole and people will listen to me. Are you really serious? Yeah, 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 that was, my, wow, that was one dry. of my motivations. I was like, I'm going to wow. show this guy who's boss. Wow. And then I started posting, but again, I, I hated nightclubs, I hated booze, all this stuff I hated. And I just had this insane idea one day where I'm like, I'm just going to go hit on chicks and I'm going to do it in the daytime, I don't give a shit. And I did it and uh, immediately started to work, like immediately, like immediately just on started getting On the streets getting of London. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And so, so that started to work, and then so I was on this forum, and again, same thing. Like all these, I was getting all hundreds of guys commenting, yeah. and like, so like many so many guys. men who were like, like living vicariously through me having sex. And like uh, twenty comments. It was great. It was so good. It, it, it was a lot of fun. It really was a lot. That ego was really getting boosted yeah. up. And it was more about posting that I got laid than actually the sex of getting laid. It really was. It's Something like, like yeah, Pam and the girl, like, this is going to be great. This report, this thing, I should spank her more, make her scream. This is going to, yeah. this is going to make it more interesting for later. Uh, no, it was really fantastic, and um, so yeah, so I was I was doing that, and uh, and and how I actually got into coaching was there was another guy who was quite known on this forum, and he was trying to kind of he was a style guy. He would make guys look really really good and kind of help them in that way as part of his thing, and so he was trying to raise a hundred British pounds to one or, uh, one or two hundred pounds basically to, to buy this guy who wanted to learn uh, some clothes because this guy was broke, yeah. and this guy was and, and so and this coach was a friend of mine. So I thought, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to offer day game. So if anyone wants to pay me fifty pounds to come out for, so I'll take two guys, fifty pounds each for a couple hours, and I'll t I'll teach him what I know. And I knew this would be a, a kind of a good way to start coaching and get some reviews without actually being like, hey, I want money. It was I was doing it altruistically to help this guy. 
So I took to, to buy some dudes some, some dudes clothes because he's so dorky. Literally, literally. That's, that's how it started. For me. Good, now, there was something nice. Yeah. But I did it. We raised him the money, and I had a doctor, the Cindy. I still remember the first two guys ever I coached. And, um, and they both did really, really well. And of course, I got reviews. They posted it up, and that was the beginning. And then I was like, all right, if people want to pay me money, and then it just kind of steamrolled from there. Imagine those, di those days back when you could hire us for a hundred bucks a night. hundred bucks yeah, a night. We were the yeah. cheapest soakers in town. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those cheap hookers do get expensive when they get popular. I'll tell you what. So, yeah, so that's the, the short version of how I sort of... Wait, how you got going? Well, how I got going, yeah. So, here's the thing. At that time, I still was, you know, very similar to James and Sasha. I was an actor and I wanted to, and it wasn't, and I was, I'd never wanted to work a sales job again. I couldn't do it. I literally said to myself, I'd rather die than do this. That's where I was at in my life. And I thought somehow, you know, the gods are supposed to open up and make me an actor, right? So, uh, but my buddy on the Upper West Side kept saying, you're so good. It was watching me like I was a magician. I was talking to girls, uh, 10 girls seating at a table. I was on fire. I could break the ice with anyone. I was like a storm going down the street. He was, couldn't believe it. He's like, you got to teach guys that. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do Shakespeare. No, no, right? And then anyway, one day after many months of him doing that, I said, all right, and he was very seedy. He's like, yeah, everybody just wants to get laid. That's all they want. I said, nah, that's not, that's not what they want. So I went online and I, I went to Craigslist. I'm, very, I'm not a technical guy. I went to Craigslist and back then it was a real thing. Uh, it was about 2007. I went to Craigslist and I posted an ad that simply said, um, awaken to your new reality, meet women anywhere and everywhere. And I called myself awaken because I didn't know what was going to come at me. What? That was your ad? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like something in an 80s movie where the guy finds like, Awaken to your true power? Yeah, it was like oh, that. Oh boy. Yeah, I mean, I might have had a couple other sentences like, learn to meet her anywhere and everywhere, the spring is in the air, stuff like that. And then I called myself Awaken, right? And then they... Uh, Someone wrote to you? Yeah, Someone it was unbelievable, because that was like a thing where all these forums were going on, which I was not a part of. And then the, this uh, guys came to me, and they were actually pretty cool New York guys. The first guy was like a uh, guy who worked for MTV, filming True Life episodes. Showed up, we went from one side of Central Park to the other side, and I just talked to like 10 girls in front of him, and he gave me 100 bucks, and he's like, you should call yourself amazing. And that was the beginning of me being a coach, and then over time, I started to like, oh, how can I incorporate all these like life skills I've learned and all this other stuff, and how can I make, I, I had no entrepreneurial skills either. How can I figure out how to make a program? At that point, people would give me 100 or 300 bucks, and then I said, I'll do like multiple sessions, and I'll make them pay me all up front. And then it started building on that. But it really just started, and, and it was always an idea, I'm just paying my way as an actor, until the day that the New York Times showed up. And that, I'll end the story on this. So I had a friend, I was making my way, I was not working with anyone, now it's gone on like a year and a half. And uh, a different friend said, why don't you put flyers up on the walls? And I'm like, I'm not doing that, that's crazy. right? So I put flyers up and down, actually the street over here. And in one hour, the city took him down. And the flyer said, there she is, bright and shining eyes, didn't say hi. Uh, there she is, standing next to you on a subway, didn't say hi, walking by you on the street, sitting next to you at a cafe, you didn't say hi, sounds like a long day. And I just put this new website that this guy helped me build. Right now, I got a website, and uh, the next day, a guy from the New York Times contacted me, said, we've been looking for a guy like you. And then I said, I don't want to do it. I don't want my name and shit. I'm an actor. I literally sat dumb. I don't want my name or my picture in the paper. And then I decided to do it. And that just, besides being put out into the world as that guy, it just made me be like, hey, I guess this is my thing. And I really started focusing on it. Yeah.
That's yeah. insane that somebody from the New York Times saw that. It was probably only up a few hours. It was an they hour. Took it down. Yeah, they yeah, took it down. Insane. Yeah, it's insane. It was that's, like, uh, insane. and I would say just spiritually, I was for the eight months, I was going to like a special woman who was like a special kind of hypnotist to get rid of all my dark energy. And the whole thing was literally to focus on there's nothing more important than feeling good. As long as I keep doing that, amazing things will happen for me. And that's uh, the true story to this day. And I keep remind, I remind myself that every morning. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.